Welcome to the IncoTerms 2020 Rules Series by Trade Finance Global. Part 5. Carriage and Insurance Paid to CIP. One of the rules for any mode or modes of transport. CIP is typically used for manufactured goods, for consumer goods. So CIP, fairly complex, but in the end, it's just CPT plus the seller insuring for the buyer's risk. My name is Apesh Patel, editor at Trade Finance Global. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Bob Renai, member of the ICC Inco Terms 2020 Drafting Group as part of our series on Inco Terms 2020 rules. This is the fifth part of this series, and today we're talking about the Inco Terms CIP, which stands for Carriage and Insurance Paid To, one of the rules for any mode or modes of transport. Bob, let's get started. If you can introduce yourself. So who are you, where are you from, and what do you do? Hi, I'm Bob Ronai. I'm a member of the Inco Terms 2020 Drafting Group. I had the pleasure of being invited to be on the group. And I come from beautiful tropical North Queensland in Australia. I used to live in Sydney, but um, moved up to uh, paradise. Thank you. Let's get started. What is CIP? CIP is the second of the C rules in the any mode or modes of transport section. It's effectively CPT plus, CPT plus insurance. Now, you might remember in CPT, the risk commenced for the buyer the moment the seller handed the goods to the seller's carrier. Or indeed, the, the seller could use their own vehicle to deliver the goods. But the risk became the buyer's. Now, in CIP, the seller takes out insurance for the buyer's risk. A little strange if you think of it at first, why would the seller take out insurance for the buyer's risk? Well, maybe the seller has a very good insurance policy and gets an incredibly good insurance premium rate, whereas the buyer is not in a position to do that sort of a deal with an insurer and they feel very confident. So. It's one of those rules that is built on an old rule back to the sailing ship days, which we'll talk about in another session. But CIP has been changed for the 2020 rules. In the 2010 and previous rules, CIP required the seller to take out minimum insurance. Now, CIP is typically used for manufactured goods, for consumer goods. For example, a truck going from Toulouse to Tashkent with garments or white goods or Xboxes or something. You would not want to take out minimum insurance. You would definitely want to have maximum insurance under what is commonly called all risks. Now, that insurance is internationally the Institute Cargo Clauses A which is a type of policy which covers everything except 
those things which are listed as not being covered. So anything that is not listed as not being covered is covered. Whatever improbability might befall those goods, it would be covered. Institute Cargo Clauses C, the minimum, has only defined risks and anything that is outside of those defined risks, quite small list, will not be covered. Yes, there's a long list of um, exceptions for Institute Cargo Clauses A, many of which are quite logical. For example, willful misconduct of the assured. So the buyer cannot hose the goods down because he couldn't sell them and say, oh, look, they're damaged. I'm going to claim under the seller's insurance. You can't do that. That's willful misconduct. The insurance provision also includes or similar because if you're air freighting the goods, it will be institute cargo clauses air. And also in other countries, there could be local insurance rules that people choose to use. So if you're exporting from Austria to Hungary, you might be insuring with an Austrian insurance company who works under the Austrian, whatever they might be, institute clauses, which will be very similar to the London clauses, but possibly slightly differently worded. Like CPT, it's important to remember the delivery concept, that the goods are delivered when the seller hands the goods to the buyers, sorry, to the seller's carrier. The buyer takes the risk from that moment when the seller's carrier has hold of the goods. Now, how does the buyer claim under the seller's insurance? Well, the insurance will almost invariably name the insured or assured party as the seller. So the seller would normally simply blank endorse or endorse in blank the insurance document. That means they would flip it over, put their company rubber stamp on it and sign it. That's all. If they don't do that, then the buyer has no means of using the seller's insurance. The seller must provide the buyer with that document. Now, it could be an insurance policy for that very specific shipment, or it could be a certificate of marine or a certificate of insurance, marine insurance, under a specific policy and just simply detailing that particular shipment. A cover note's not sufficient for this. It needs to be a policy or a certificate of insurance under a specific policy. Both of them would need to be blank endorsed so that the buyer can then, in the event of a need for a claim, go to that named insurance agent on that document and say, we have a problem, the goods are damaged, or the goods are missing, and we need to make a claim. So CIP, fairly complex, but in the end, it's just CPT plus the seller insuring for the buyer's risk. It's workability for uh, road freight around Europe, Central Asian mass, land mass is great. It works fine. It works pretty well for air freight. It starts to have the same problems as CPT with container transport in that there is no obligation for the seller to ship the goods, that is export the goods, put them on a vessel by a given time. 
unless that's in the contract, going to be a pretty rare contract, I suggest, that would actually have that. Yes, there's no problem in CPT and CIP for the seller to say to their freight forward, I need an onboard bill of lading, and they are indeed the shipper in that case. The uptake of CIP for cross-ocean container shipments is pretty marginal because buyers want to know that the goods have been exported. They are on a ship before they take on the risk and take on the obligation to pay. Thank you very much, Bob, for explaining the CIP Inco Terms rule and specifically for the 2020 Inco Terms rules changes. It's very important to understand those different levels of insurance cover and how this differs from the CPT rule. Inco Terms is a registered trademark of the International Chamber of Commerce. And this commentary supplements the ICC Inco Terms 2020 rulebook, which can be purchased through your local ICC branch or online. Rules on the correct usage of the trademark can be found on the ICC website. For more information on Inco Terms, visit tradefinanceglobal.com.